It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. Welcome to the Back Row Rewind, bringing you a classic episode of the Back Row from Matt and Mo. And today we're taking you back to the 50th episode of the original Back Row Baptist podcast that started it all. This one has guest Kevin Wellborn, and they're going to be tackling a topic that's actually still pretty controversial in many church circles. Is drinking a sin? We're going to look at every single argument for and against or neutral and try to address them all, as well as maybe some misinterpretations of things that you've been led to believe. But first up, some fun stuff. Here we go. What time is it? Let me clear my throat. Here we go. You're now tuned in to the Back Row Baptist Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Coker, and sitting next to me today is Megan Oaks. Well, I'm first, hey! <laughs> and Kevin Wellborn. Yes, sir. And welcome to the 50th episode of the Back Row Baptist Podcast. And to celebrate such an occasion, we're going to attempt to tackle a monster topic in Christian culture. Is drinking a sin? Now, this is a majorly controversial topic, and I don't expect for us to solve it for anybody today, but we're going to discuss it and see where we land, And as all three of us have slightly different views on alcohol. But before we jump into that tough discussion, we're going to play a game. Yay! We're going to play alcohol <laughs> trivia time. <What? laughs> I'm a teetotaler, man. I don't know do anything about this. I have ten questions that relate to alcohol and Christian culture. I will ask the question. The first of you to shout out the correct answer gets the point. Some of these are hard. That's why there's ten. So, oh, no. But the first to get three correct wins. So hopefully we don't have to go through Whoever all wins this is a sinner. Trivia. <laughs> but easy enough? You understand the game? I get right. the game. Yeah, 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 we blurred out the answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. As Megan made clear in the last podcast, Kevin is our current undisputed back row champion. Of course. And Megan is determined to finally take this belt from him. Nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I suck at trivia. <laughs> this, but this is a subject I know nothing about, so. You're going to blow us out of the water, watch. Well, I do typically win when there's a competition. So. <laughs> I do typically win when, even when yeah. I'm not trying. Now, I'm like Alan Iverson. If this was practice, I wouldn't care. But if it's a ball game, I'm ready to go. All right. Let's play. Alcohol trivia time. I don't want to play alcohol trivia. <laughs> All right, question one. Not including the phrase strong drink, how many references to wine are there in the Bible? Ten. 228. There are 228. What? <laughs> Shut up! Oh, you <laughs> Did you guess that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, I mean, you gave us a heads up on the topic. Right. But I didn't. This is stupid. Go- I didn't Google it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, 
ridiculous. Right, this well. is what happens when you're living right, people. You get answers correct in trivia. Are you well. saying I'm not living right? Well, I just I'm saying you're way off. Way <laughs> 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 off. All right. Well, one for Kevin already. So this has this is also Bible trivia. Kind of. See, now I have a chance. Well, this next one's not. Oh well. Uh, ben Franklin is attributed the quote, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. He actually didn't say that. <laughs> this was actually a very largely misquoted saying about wine, where he spoke of God sending rain on our vineyards to produce wine because God loves us and loves to see us happy. So when did this first misquote about beer occur? What year? You closest, are no closest answer. my friend. Closest answer. I don't even know when Ben Franklin was... Oh my, oh my goodness. <laughs> misquote, Ben Franklin wasn't pregnant. Oh. Megan. Oh, See? Megan. You are going to lose. See? All right. I told you. Uh, what year was the first misquote about surprised? beer? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let you, I'm going to be the gentleman and let you guess first, even though I have an answer. Prepared. 1985. Mm, I'm going to go 96. It's 1996. What? <laughs> are you kidding me? Man, 2017 is going to be a great year, people. <laughs> okay, two for Kevin. Ke- we need to make this a video podcast. Video just podcast. so people can see, see Megan's face. <laughs> All right, question number three. Still a lot, a lot of game left. <laughs> don't don't Shut give up, up now. Shut All right, up. question number three. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the story of Jesus turning water into wine. Do we? <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. According to biblical historians, what variety of wine known to us today was likely the most similar to the wine that Jesus would have created at the time? How do they even know that? I'm assuming but regional location. Because like, I hear people say it's more like grape juice than wine. That's something we'll discuss about. But of those who believe it was wine, what variety of wine... Um. Wow, I don't. I don't even know if I know very many varieties of wine. Okay. Um. Cabernet. You know what? That actually sounds good to me too. I'm just gonna go with that because I don't know any others. It's Cabernet. Yeah. <laughs> but it was three, first to three, right? First to three. First two, three? Yeah. This first to three. This is retarded. It was a tie, but it got three for him. Got three. But he stole my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you gave an answer because I did not know that off the top of my head. I would not have ever come up with that. I think that's the game. That's the game. (laughs) Kevin Wellborn defends his title in a clean sweep. It'll be my belt in perpetuity now. Yeah. It's mine. Victory speech. Dumb. Um, You know, I was planning on winning this game, but to come in and nail the first... Three answers of the game <laughs> is unbelievable. I don't think you can say nail the first three. You nailed the first two. Well, I got the third I gave one you right. The third one. Well, there was no rule saying I could. Well, I didn't know what else I was gonna say. Like purple. I mean, so, I didn't know what the so, what I was gonna so say. Yeah. Well, that's a that's white wine. Yeah, whatever. You don't know. I didn't I, say yeah. it was a purple wine. So do I take the belt with me forever? Well, confession time, Megan. We set you up. <laughs> what? <laughs> This was a fake game yeah. that we created. <laughs> <Y'all are retarded. laughs> sure, 
worth just, it. Just so we could get one last worth it. dig at the whole Megan versus Kevin thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's face is the same color as his hoodie. <laughs> Which is red. red. Which is those. also similar to the Megan shirt color, it is. by the way. We matched close. today. Matt did not get the memo. He didn't get the memo. <clears throat> that was good times. Yeah. You almost messed it up by actually answering the third question correctly. Did you have other questions prepared? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad I didn't try to throw her off and answer something differently and then hope I got the next one. Well, whatever you answered, I would have just said it was right. Oh, that's (laughs) So if I had said Mountain Dew, you'd have been like, yeah. I would have been like, what? No! (laughs) But how do they know? I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about that stuff later. Well, that one was fake. Oh, Oh, you made that up? The The other two were right. Right. But that one was fake. So you really aren't that smart. You knew the No, I'm not smart. No, I'm that smart because you believed that I was capable of getting the first two. I really did. Yeah, so there you go. When really Uh, I'm just sneaky. Sorry. It was was Kevin's idea. It was. I believe it. It's all right. Okay, we have a real game that will be nice and fair. And our real game today is Initial Encounter. Yay! But now I'm scared. I don't even know what this is. In this game, I will give you a category, for example, Christian rock bands, and a set of initials, for Um, example, DCT. The first one of you to guess the answer gets the point. David Crowder time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, there could be more than one correct answer with these initials, but we're looking for the most popular. Uh, I have five questions, first to three wins. Oh, no. Are you both ready? Maybe. Yeah, are these all 90s? Christian rock bands? No, not, they're That's not all bands. Either. I was going to say it's a Oh, oh that was just the example. That's just the example. Oh, okay. All right. Let's play Initial Encounters. Woo! All right. Uh, category number one is Christian movies. Oh, no. The initials. M-N-O. Mom's Night Out. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this isn't all Christian movies because I have not seen very many. <laughs> all right. One for Megan. Wrong. One for me. Alright. Category number two. Gospel singers. Oh. The initials. KF. Kurt Franklin. Kurt Franklin. <laughs> I was thinking, I was already like ready to throw it like a Bill Gaither type gospel. Southern gospel. So I gotta run the table here. Alright. You gotta get the You know, maybe two. I'm feeling generous. <laughs> Don't just give it to me. That's not I'm really fair. not. I'm really not. I'm not. <laughs> Category, Christian fiction. Oh. I do not know this. Initials, LWW. Little White Women? <laughs> <laughs> what? Little White Women. That's uh, Megan's guess. LWW? Uh-huh. Christian um. fiction. LWW. Christian fiction. I got nothing from you guys. Huh? No, I have no idea. Skip it. All right. Who is it? No, we got to come back to it. We'll come back to it if we need. Yeah, it. If, we, if if I actually get these next I two. I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't <laughs> either. Little white women. <laughs> All right. Better we'll than skip, anything else. We'll that one. If we need it, we'll come back. Maybe. Category number four. Christian contemporary music. Initials. B D W. Billy D. Williams. Just kidding. Um, that was your guess. <laughs> uh, B D W. What on 
earth. I'm terrible today. B- uh, Big Daddy Weave. Big Daddy Weave. Oh. Man, I could not think of it. Wow. All right, two to one. Uh, topic number, f- category number five, Christian actors. Oh. Initials, KC. Kirk Cameron. Oh, and I was thinking it was CeCe. So we got to get this LWW. No, he's not a tiebreaker. I have a tiebreaker. (laughs) He learned his lesson. Then tell us what the LWW is. LWW was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. C.S. Lewis. Oh, see that to me? But see, I was thinking (laughs) author, not book title. Like There's obviously like parallels to Christianity in it. But yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway. I think it counts. All right. Yeah, well, that's fine. See you, Tiebreaker. Good dude. All right. So <laughs> each got each got two. Neither of them could guess the the fifth one. So we have a tiebreaker. You each have a piece of paper in front of you. Yes. Now in our fake game, we said that <laughs> not including the phrase "strong drink," how many references to wine are there in the Bible? And two hundred and twenty-eight was the correct answer. For your tiebreaker, tell me how many references to strong drink. Are in the Bible. Just strong drink. Just strong drink. Okay. Closest answer wins. And this is not a setup. I do not know this. <laughs> Man, I really don't know. Oh. <laughs> Kevin won. <laughs> Kevin, won. <laughs> Kevin guessed 32. Megan guessed 300. <laughs> the correct oh answer is 19. Yeah! <laughs> That's the game. should have stuck with my 10. <laughs> and still our champion, yes. Kevin Wellborn. Real victory speech. Let's go. Man, so I, so I, I have never been nervous in my life after we started playing a game. But after Megan knocked out those first two, I thought, well, this just isn't happening today. <laughs> you know, my, I didn't have my mind right. You know, I was thinking about other things. And uh, to pull it out at the end feels good. And this rivals uh, probably the time that uh, – you know, I don't know. I hit my first home run in Little League or something like that. <laughs> you know, so, and when back then I was like 12 when I hit my first home run, and I told everybody I knew about it for the next three weeks. So I'm going to be talking about this for a long time. This is stupid. Uh, <laughs> Megan, I saw that going differently in my head. I saw it going differently in my head. Well, I did know that strong drink isn't mentioned near as much as wine. <laughs> All right, we're going to pause right there, but when we come back, we're going to dive right into our topic, Is Drinking a Sin? Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. This week in nerd history, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Nerd history. And what would be one of Jim Carrey's earliest forays into dramatic acting, The Truman Show released in theaters on June 5th, 1998, and focused around an insurance salesman named Truman Burbank, who slowly discovers that his entire life is actually a reality TV show, and everyone he knows and loves are just actors. The story showcases a massive indoor facility so large it can house an entire metropolitan town surrounded by the ocean, and even mimics sunlight and weather conditions to a believable degree, all orchestrated by the wild imagination of the ruthlessly manipulative television producer Kristoff, the all-powerful TV god of the extreme 24-7 reality show that started at Truman's birth. 
Jim Carrey actually took a pay cut to stretch his drama chops, accepting a deal for $12 million when his standard paycheck was closer to $20 million. Director Peter Ware almost chose to play the role of Kristoff himself to make the movie more meta, and even had early plans to outfit all theaters showing the movie with cameras that would cut to the theater audiences halfway through the movie to make them a part of the story as well, however briefly. And while Truman's suspicions turned out to be right, there is an actual psychiatric condition where at least 18 people are documented to be convinced they are trapped living in a reality show about them. This mental condition is called the Truman Show Delusion. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, where we are reliving episode 50 of the original podcast, the Back Row Baptist Podcast, where we talk about drinking. And specifically, is drinking a sin? We're going to tackle it from every angle. Let's go. When we ask if something is a sin, there is usually only a couple of answers, either a clear-cut yes or no, easily defined by scripture, or and it's not in the Bible specifically, so we have to use logic in our best judgment. However, is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol seems to fall in its own strange little box, where the Bible seems to clearly allow drinking, though not drunkenness, yet a large percentage of Christians believe it to be a sin. There are even many churches that won't let you become a member until you sign a covenant saying that you will abstain from alcohol entirely. Uh, a couple of years ago, a church canceled an event to which they had invited the cast from Duck Dynasty. Uh, Duck Dynasty being, of course, the reality TV show following the lives of a wealthy family of Southern Christians as they live their lives, which are largely considered by its Christian audience to be righteous and honorable. However, Duck Dynasty had recently come out with its own line of wines, and that threw a wrench into the machine for many Christians who once supported them and felt like they no longer could. So, before we go any further, let's state for the record where we stand as clearly as we can. Uh, for me, I don't drink, but it's not for lack of trying. Uh, I just don't. I just don't like alcohol. <laughs> the only, every night, I try. every night I try. Can't get it. Now, the only alcoholic drink I've ever had uh, that I liked was some kind of margarita thing in vegas that didn't taste like it had any alcohol in it at all to the point where i'm nearly certain i just drank a slushy um i don't know well i know i don't have any issue with alcohol but being so active in celebrate recovery i have seen how alcohol can destroy lives so i don't have high praise for it either uh but what about you two where do you stand go for it kevin i'll go first uh i also do not drink i don't uh <coughs> I never have, to be honest, and, you know, you never say never. I don't anticipate that I ever will. Um, as far as, do you want me to answer the question now, is it a sin? I mean, short and sweet? No, just no, okay. where you stand. No, no, I, I am an absolute definition of a teetotaler. I do not, nor do I want to. Okay. Megan? And I do occasionally drink um, once a week, maybe twice a month. Um but not in excess. Okay. So. Now the fight begins. <laughs> and we're on. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Maybe if I lived my life right, I would have won the game. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you. <laughs> if you weren't drunk right now. 
<laughs> you could have got me. I drink coffee more than I drink alcohol. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Christian drug of choice. Caffeine. Mm-hmm. So let's look at some of the arguments for and against Christians drinking. Uh, the first thing is that, of course, Jesus both drank wine and provided wine for others. Some people say that this is clear proof that drinking can't be a sin because Jesus drank and he never sinned. Ergo, drinking's not a sin. However, there are some people, even some very respected historians, who try to make the case that the wine in biblical times was little more than grape juice, something that was even often given to children. So what do you think of these two arguments, both sides here? Have y'all heard the same things? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I have. You know, th- this is one that I don't mm-hmm. have a super strong opinion on because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't there. And and at the same time, uh, yeah, sure, we already talked about Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Okay, <coughs> I'm fine with that. You know, Jesus did it, so I'm cool with it. All right. Um, but I, I don't think this question has much bearing on what I do today. Mm. You know what I mean? Um it's, and I'll probably reference this again in this podcast. You know, Paul said he wouldn't even eat meat if it would cause somebody to stumble because it was a real issue with people eating meat sacrificed to idols. Right. And early believers were having a problem with that. And we will actually be talking about okay, that Okay, so I'm too. just, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not a historian. I don't know anything about 2,000-year-old uh, grape wine. juice or wine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it, it really has much bearing on the decisions that I make okay. today, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel the same. I don't have much to add because I don't, like Kevin said, why would I argue something that I don't know? Yeah, sure. Well, then I've heard compelling arguments on this from both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you, you even use the term well-respected, people that I know personally that I have a, as much respect for as anybody else on the planet do believe that it was different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't have any reason to doubt that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And, and, but... Um, yeah. Well, Megan, you did mention in the game that you thought that in, the, in our fake game, it wasn't wasn't a grape juice at the wine that Jesus created. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I've heard that you've heard yes. you've heard people have come I, up with that, <clears throat> and uh, there there is a lot of evidence that back then in that time wine wasn't as we know it now, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't alcoholic. Right. Um, they, they, at the time, there were. Uh, watered down wines, like it says, a lot of would even give to their kids, um, and there were some that were just grape juice. Like, mm-hmm. well, and here's the thing. Here's what I do know. Uh-huh. After living in Italy for four years, I think I've made Whoa. it all the podcast without ever referencing that. I'll check that. But living in Italy for four years, we did learn that there are different stipulations as far as European wines and American wines. Mm. American wines add a lot of things to the wine. Like sugar, is that one They add sugar, they add water, they, in order to make the product go farther, they add a lot of things. So when you go to buy a bottle of wine, not saying you should, I'm just saying. um, (laughs) I get milk. (laughs) it, It needs to say bottled in Italy. A lot of times it'll say product of Italy, made in Italy, it needs to be bottled in Italy. Otherwise, you're throwing all kinds of other things mm. that are harmful to your body mm. into the wine. I don't know why you're laughing, because this is truth. This is, oh, <laughs> this is I definitely believe you. This yeah, is big. Um, wine corner. 
Wine with Corner Megan with Megan Oaks. <laughs> Normally it's um, wine with an H in it when it's Megan Oaks. Oh. <laughs> rude. So, I'm going to be rude. as mean as possible on this podcast. You were on that. You were that on the last podcast. Oh, well. <laughs> this is just, you're just mean. Kevin. This is a normal <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, the arguments against it come from more of a logical standpoint. In the story, um, when Jesus creates the, the wine from the water... The party goes off at that point. Everyone's saying, oh, you usually at parties like this, they bring out the good stuff at the beginning and then serve the cheap stuff later when everybody's already inebriated. But you save the good stuff until now, till the end. Okay. So why would somebody be clamoring about really good grape juice at the end of a wedding if it wasn't actually wine? Uh, you know... I don't know. Again, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not, just throwing it out as a discussion. But, you know, there's another passage in the New Testament, and I should have looked it up, but I didn't. I did absolutely zero studying for this podcast, man. <laughs> That's always you know, you told us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is another passage in the New Testament, and I, I'm drawing a huge blank. But remember that, oh, man, I don't even remember who it was. Some of the disciples, or, or at least believers in Christ, were acting, they were full of the Spirit, and everybody around thought they were drunk. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were like, how are they drunk so early in the day? Mm-hmm. Which I have heard that argument made from that passage that it was less potent because it would be almost physically impossible for them to be drunk so early in the day because of the amount that you would have to drink to become. Right. But at the same time, well, don't drunk, me, man. Drunkenness, <laughs> drunkenness was obviously a problem, something sure. that people knew about. So yeah, right, right. It's not. Uh, Maybe less potent, but right. not Still non-alcoholic. Pop- right. 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 I see what Definitely, you're saying. Yeah. I see so, what you're saying. I mean, if wine couldn't have always been just grape juice or watered down at that time okay. right. because so many people were getting drunk. The right. Corinth communion takers uh, were admonished for being drunk. The apostles were accused of being drunk and speaking in tongues at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh if uh, wine oh, maybe that's was, what I was thinking about. I think, yeah, I think yeah, about okay, Pentecost. I should yeah. really remember that. <laughs> so, if wine was well known to not be alcoholic, then why did Jesus, in his parable, say to the good say that the good Samaritan poured wine on the wounds of the hurt man? If he just poured grape juice, right, it would have done nothing. Gotten infected or something. You, the, <laughs> you needed the alcohol. So these questions can't be answered with just a simple belief that it was only grape juice or really watered-down stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. As for what's in that story, of course, like you said, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But we just can't make the overall arcing answer of, oh, there was never any alcoholic wine back then. It was always just grape juice. Mm-hmm. I would rather someone argue <clears throat> me, why do you drink beer? If you're going to drink, drink wine. Mm. You know? Yeah. There was wine in biblical times, but there is no <laughs> beer in biblical times. Strong why do you drink, drink beer? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That... I would rather hear that argument. Oh, okay. Than... I got different arguments. I don't care about your arguments. <laughs> oh, they're coming out. All right, well, let's move on to a, another argument here. More arguments. One of the big arguments against drinking is that it kills your witness to the lost. Because a large portion of the non-Christians know that drinking is considered a sin by many Christians. So if a non-Christian sees a Christian having a beer with his dinner at Chili's or what have you, the non-Christian will think that the Christian is a hypocrite and possibly never trust Christianity again. That's the argument. So what do you think of that? Um, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, even being a Celebrate Recovery leader, mm-hmm. you know, 
if you're up there, this is my perspective, and this is this is sincerely my opinion. So feel anybody can feel free to disagree with this, but if you're up there talking about the dangers of addiction, I know CR is more than just drugs and alcohol. But right. if you're up there talking about the dangers of addiction, don't put that in my face. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I would even say don't even do it in the comfort of your own home. Is my my personal opinion on it because you can't always cover that up, you know. And that is other people. I read it this week, and I wish I'd remember the quote. Uh, I read a uh, a real good book by a guy named Calvin Miller, and um, he was. It's a letters to a young pastor is the name of the book, and he said, "Other people hold your reputation." Hmm. Okay, so that doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, and people will lie about you. People will gossip about you. They'll say things that aren't true, but you shouldn't add any fuel to that fire. Hmm. Okay, uh, now. And I don't like this part of it, but I understand its reality. The cultural aspect of it, growing up in, in the Bible Belt, and even here in eastern New Mexico, it's, I think it, it may be shifting some, but in the Bible Belt for sure, in East Texas, uh, a Southern Baptist pastor sh- probably should not be drinking alcohol at all. Because that will split a body mm-hmm. yeah. very quickly. And and to me, and I'm going to say this a lot today. I'm sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> just not. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. Okay. So I see that. Um, now I know you're going to throw at me. Well, y'all, are, y'all are both eyeballing me right now. Y'all are going to. Y'all are going to throw it. We're listening to you. No, you're exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Jesus hung out with those that drank wine. He hung out with the sinners, taxpayers, and sinners. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is true. I mean, that is true, and that's good. And I heard that argument in high school from from somebody that was kind of a casual acquaintance. They were going to go to some shindig where people, the goal was to get hammered, I guess. And he and I just kind of spoke my disapproval because he was a, a Christian kid. And he said, well, Jesus hung out with him. I was like, yeah, but he wasn't going to get hammered <laughs> with him when he went. Right. You know, so I'm going to stop talking now because I got a lot more <laughs> to say to you people day. on this. <laughs> you people? What do you mean by you people? The two of you. Because no, we're white. Is yeah. that what it is? I didn't assume your race. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Oh no, yeah. I forgot the question. <laughs> Megan, it's a uh, your witness to the lost. Uh huh. Okay, so this is something. Honestly, that in probably the last six months to ten months, maybe a year, that I've I've struggled with and I've kind of questioned and considered um, since becoming a leader in CR and since being kind of a I don't know <laughs> I don't want to say it's being on the stage and having a voice and having some oh, okay. all the ladies mm-hmm. leader, look at yeah. me. Um, and those, some of those ladies do struggle with alcohol. So mm-hmm. I never want for them to say, well, Megan drinks, mm-hmm. so why can't I drink? Megan drinks, and she runs BBS at her church, no. so why can't I drink? And unfortunately, That's they, why will, she they, will, they will say right. yeah, yeah. It's BBS, right. why she drinks? Um, <laughs> it's BBS, why she drinks? <laughs> hey, I need one of those T-shirts. <laughs> um, but, and like I said, that has been a real struggle for me in the past in the past few months. And if I'm being honest, it's something that I'm still praying about and and seeking the Lord's wisdom on. Um, For me, drinking has never been a struggle. Alcohol has never led me um, down a path of regret or shame or where I've done things that I 
woke up the next morning thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? Hmm. Um, And there are a lot of things within my life that I do struggle with where I woke up the next morning thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? And that's just character defects that I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that before. Going off in a bout of rage for no good reason. I wake up the next morning thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, in my heart, that is how I, I don't want to say rationalize, um, but I guess my conviction is not on alcohol. My conviction is on the character defects that I struggle with and that I deal with that lead me down a pit of regret. And alcohol, for me personally, has not ever been that struggle. Yeah, and I'll say just a side note as friendly advice, I guess. Uh, use leadership and CR or whatever else mm-hmm. as a method of accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons I'm grateful that God called me to the ministry is that it creates so much accountability immediately. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I'm accountable to God for basically everything that happens, you know, in, in the church body. And... You can either make that a bad thing or you can make it a good thing and let it help you drive some of your decisions. And I don't. if I was not a Christian, if I didn't care anything about the Bible, if I didn't care anything about God, I'm still I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't drink. Okay, <laughs> I didn't grow up around it. I don't care anything about it. it. I'm 36 years old now, and my life has gone pretty well without it. No, <laughs> no reason to introduce it now. But uh, there is that accountability that helps me make better choices, not just in alcohol thing, but even like the way I respond to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good thing people don't know what I'm always thinking. Right. Because okay, if I said it, uh, who knows? But it's accountable for my mouth too, you know, to be honest. So that's just, sure. that's just friendly, so yeah, so friendly that advice. Is, that is kind of the angle that we've all yeah. been coming from is that, you know, you being a pastor and us being... Celebrate Recovery Leaders, that is a little bit of a shift in what we would say in this in this uh, argument with non-believers. But let's say just typical average Joe Christian doesn't believe drinking is a sin. He drinks responsibly. Is this average Joe Christian responsible for a lost person's misunderstanding about what we think is a sin especially if that person never actually comes and asks to try and clear the misunderstanding up. Are we responsible for the misunderstanding of the lost? That's a good question. That's a really, yeah, that's a hard (laughs) one. I'm trying to... uh, We're not responsible for their actions, but I think we could be responsible for their misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. You think so? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because somebody, they're a new believer... No, not a believer. Not a non-believer. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, even even still it applies. They know nothing about the Bible. They may know John 3.16 and have a basic concept of like the crucifixion and resurrection and things like that, right? Uh-huh. But they're not, typically, a non-believer is not going to go home and study their Bible. They're right. not going to Google things and find reputable sources on those things. So what do they know about Christianity is average Joe Christian over there. That's what they know. So they're going to say, okay, he's a Christian. He's a faithful church member, all those things. What he does must be in line with Christian belief. So I think then that guy, in that case, maybe he is responsible for their misunderstanding, if that makes sense. Matt, you're not... Kind of. 
Okay. I don't know if I'm tracking exactly. Okay. Because well, if, say, if you're saying that, if, if they believe that, then wouldn't they believe that if that person is enjoying a beer with their dinner, that would be in line with Christian standings? Say it again. You said that if they're if a non-believer is looking at somebody who they know is a mm-hmm. churchgoer and, right. a, and a faithful believer and whatever, and they see that person drinking a beer with their dinner, wouldn't mm-hmm. they then assume that is in line with Christian standings? If they didn't know... Yeah, yeah they would assume that. And yeah. they would just assume, yeah, they would assume oh, okay. That. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Yeah, that the they're, they're going to apply whatever they do is probably acceptable in Christianity. Right. Good well, or bad. That would be correct. Yeah, and if right. they saw them leave and give give a homeless person a coat or, or right. food. So I'm saying in that situation that they think that that person, that Christian, mm-hmm. faithful churchgoer, faithful believer, oh, but they're drinking a beer and they assume that that person is now in sin drinking a beer, that they're not supposed oh, to be able okay. to do that. Okay. Is that Christian responsible for that misunderstanding? Well, I think my view on this one's going to be a little different because yeah. I don't think average Joe guy should be doing that. Uh, True. And, and, uh, <laughs> in the first place. So, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't, I didn't say this at the outset, but I understand the Bible doesn't say that drinking any amount of alcohol is a sin. Right. I understand the Bible doesn't say that. And Matt, you, you and I have talked about this before. Right. I wish it did say that. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those subjects I wish it did say that, but it doesn't say that. But I think it always it still comes back to that meat sacrifice. I sure. Paul's like, I'm never going to touch meat again. Sure. Which is somebody came up to me and they were real serious. And they're like, Kevin, I'm having a hard time watching you throw down on red meat. <laughs> that would be a struggle for me. Now if they say, hey, it bothers me when you know, you drink alcohol. Well, that's cool because I don't drink it at all. So we have no problem. That's easy for me to ditch because I don't do it anyway. <laughs> so that's that's too hard of a question it's to ask on a podcast. Well, like I man. said, I didn't expect guy, us to get. <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> I want to answer it. <laughs> he wants to have all the answers. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I feel like that about our witness. No matter what it is, whether mm-hmm. it's alcohol, whether... How you handle your kids. Exactly. That's a big exactly. one. Yeah. I mean, I'm walking through the grocery store and my three kids have absolutely lost their ever-loving minds. No way. And I want to scream at them. But then at the same time, I can hear, I believe wholeheartedly it's the Holy Spirit and just prompting mm-hmm. me, how are you going to react? Mm-hmm. Because the way that you react is a direct witness. Mm-hmm. To who you are as a Christian, to who mm-hmm. you are as yeah, my so, daughter. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah, and am I, I going to lose my mind and go into a bout of rage? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or am I going to address them kindly and in love and, and discipline them mm-hmm. in love? Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere. This discussion continues when we come back. Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Don't get stuck. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 is one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. It may be one of the most underrated verses if you ask me. It goes on to list how there's a time for love and hate, a time to tear and mend, a time to keep and throw away, a time to be silent and to speak, and a time to weep and a time to rejoice, among many others. For some reason, it seems to be a misconception that strong emotions among Christians means we're not as holy as we should be. 
that if we struggle with real sadness, we're not truly grateful for the blessings we have. Or if we find ourselves feeling hurt or angry or disappointment, then we're not loving the way we're supposed to be. Ecclesiastes 3 debunks that. In a beautiful this or that comparison, we're reminded that there is a time for strong emotions, but there is an equal time for their counterpart. For every hard aspect of life we face, there's a positive balance we can rely on. Here's the kicker though, it's a choice. While there's a time to laugh after weeping or a time to dance after mourning, we have to make the choice to walk towards those promises. We have to wake up and determine whether or not our day will be faced with a smile or a frown, and the longer you walk in negativity, the easier it becomes to stay there. Habits form and change is hard, but when we hold fast to the truth in this scripture, we can trust that better days are always on the horizon as long as we don't get stuck in the storm. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind. We are taking you back to episode 50 of the Back Row Baptist Podcast, where me, Mo, and Kevin Wellborn are discussing Is it a sin to drink from every angle? We're in the middle of that discussion and we're gonna get back to it right now. Welcome back to the Back Row Baptist Podcast. Today we're tackling the tough topic of Christians and alcohol. It seems like there's a significant and growing group of Christians who are not only drinking, but making it a point to make sure people know that they drink, which I honestly find kind of annoying. And most of these, yeah, seem to be Calvinists. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, there's another fairly popular uh, podcast out there named The Reformed Pubcast, oh, which is a on. Christian podcast. Yeah, uh, us Arminians are still a little more subtle about it. But uh, funny story: there's actually a home-based Christian brewing company called Backrow Baptist Brewing. Matt, uh, not is affiliated that... with me oh. anyway. <laughs> but that the, uh, they come up with beverages with Baptisty names, such as <laughs> Taste and See, oh, Blessed Assurance, VBS Blonde. Oh, that's mine. I'll fly away. Center. They had a special one called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offer. Oh, come on. <laughs> and really? my favorite, the Bourbon Barrel Hell Fighter. Where, where are they based out of? I need to look. No. <laughs> free, you just gave them free advertising. From what I can tell, it is a very local. Oh, okay. Like one I mean, community yeah. type thing. But uh, their slogan is, brewing beer on Saturday, praying for forgiveness on Sunday. Okay, well, I don't like that. Yeah, but this, I mean, this, is, a, but this yeah. is a tongue-in-cheek slogan that actually encapsulates this issue at hand. Right. Christians are so confused about whether or not drinking is okay. Yeah. So we've been discussing some of the arguments for and against Christians drinking, so let's jump into the next one. And this is a big one, and we kind of touched on it already. Christians are not supposed to be stumbling blocks, which is usually interpreted as you can't do things that could cause someone else to make a mistake. So the argument soon becomes, if you drink, you're telling everyone that drinking is okay and encouraging irresponsible drinking among adults and minors and enter hell and love joy. Won't somebody think of the children? (laughs) So this all stems from an exchange in the Bible 
where this very kind of situation arose. Uh, let's go ahead and read that. It's from Romans 14. It says, Therefore, let us no longer criticize one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in your brother's way. I know I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one it is unclean. For if your brother is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy that one Christ died for by what you eat. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but what is wrong for a man to cause... Oh, sorry. But it is wrong for a man to cause stumbling by what he eats. It is a noble thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother stumble. Do you have a conviction? Keep it to yourself before God. The man who does not condemn himself by what he approves is blessed. But whatever doubts stands... Oh, sorry. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from a conviction. And everything that is not from a conviction is sin. Whew, sorry. Big passage, that's Romans 14, 13 through 23. On the surface, this passage appears to confirm that Christians shouldn't drink because it could cause our fellow Christians to stumble. What do you think of this argument? I, I mean, I weighed in on this one specifically <laughs> already. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good... It's a good reason to abstain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this raises a bigger issue then, because drinking wine is not the only thing listed here. As you also said, Mm -hmm. there are three things listed here, Mm -hmm. drinking wine, eating meat, Mm -hmm. and doing anything else. (laughs) Yeah. It's a big list. That might cause... Don't do anything. So this covers everything but breathing and blinking. Yeah. (laughs) Because between the multitude of Christian denominations out there, Mm -hmm. somebody has a problem with pretty much everything that we could do. Mm -hmm. So there are some Christians who believe that eating meat is wrong, as is the case in this passage. Does that mean that I can never eat meat again, even in the privacy of my own home? Or at least must I confine it to my home and let no other eyes see me? Mm Mm-hmm. No more restaurants, no more takeout, no more openly buying meat at the supermarket. Right. You pay your big brother to go can to that, the meat right? store at the supermarket. So can that exactly be what the passage means? I think, okay, so Acts 17, I think it is. Paul goes to Mars Hill and he's making the case for God. Remember they had all these monuments set up to all these gods and they're... Um, <laughs> polytheistic, I said polygamous, poly, 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 polytheistic society, and then they had the one that was to an unknown God. Right. So Paul did what they call in philosophy, knowing your audience. He says, well, give me a few minutes to tell you about this unknown God. Instead of kicking the door in and being like, hey, let me tell you about God, all these other clowns are fake, which is what Paul believed. He said, let me tell you about this one. So if I'm going to a vegan community or if I'm going to somewhere to be a missionary, uh, where they don't eat meat and they see it as reprehensible, mm-hmm. I'm giving up meat. Right. I'm not doing it, okay, because my goal is to lead them to the Lord and they come in there and violently, you know, break their cultural standards right. is insane. Mm-hmm. It's ignorant, right. okay? So now, growing up in East Texas, never have I run across anybody that had a problem with throwing down on a brisket, <laughs> Okay. 
Now, and I know a couple of people that, that don't eat meat, but they also don't think it's sinful. Okay, but even then, I'm not going to do it right in front of their face. Right. So I'm just not trying to be a punk. And in and, and, and their defense, too, they're very kind and gracious about their beliefs and their stance on it, too. Sure. So there's a lot of maturity on right. their end, too, and I appreciate it. So, so me, yeah, just stay away from it. Now, it does get scary when it says anything else. <laughs> okay, because there are things that I like to do, all right, that aren't necessarily sinful, but it may offend somebody. Right. I'll just have to. Hopefully, God gives me the grace to know my audience in, in that situation. And if I offend them, let it be the cross of Jesus that offends them mm-hmm. and not my own attitude. Mm-hmm. So with this, then, I guess it comes down to the distinction between are we not drinking just around the people that we know mm-hmm. have a struggle or have right. an issue with it? Right. Is it the audience that we're in at that moment or are we not drinking ever just in case there happens to be someone somewhere that we are yeah. that might struggle with it? Is it, our, is it our responsibility to assume the entire world has a problem with alcohol, mm-hmm. that there could be one at any given moment? Right. Is that our responsibility or is it knowing your audience and when you know that there is an issue yeah. in the room? That's hard. That's well, hard. That's yeah, hard I think it's extremely hard because... For Chris and I, we've had to know our audience. I mean, Kara and Kevin are some of our best friends, and I think one of the first times that they came over, we had this discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will not drink. Yeah, yeah, very you, early on. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. you all are in our home, and there are other people in our home, mm-hmm. alcohol will not be. And mm-hmm. there have been times where alcohol was being had, and we had to kindly take our friends and say, listen, while Karen and Kevin are here, out of respect for Kevin and his position, especially with being social media, there's going to be one picture taken, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Kevin's in the background, and that person has an alcoholic beverage, right. and then it's, can you believe the pastor of Highland Baptist? Well, Partying it up over you there. Know? So out of respect for his <coughs> position, and mm-hmm. out of respect as them, as our best friends, mm-hmm. um, and we have friends who struggle with alcohol therefore when they're in our home we don't partake in alcohol right but then who's to say that my, one of my three children mm-hmm. as an adult won't struggle with How alcohol do you know? that's a good that's a brings up a really good question yeah so for chris and i in our home it's something that we openly talk about with our friends it's something that we discuss with our friends and feel out with them how do mm-hmm. you feel it's something that we discuss with our children because with anything, I never want for them to grow up and think that they're going to be, um, I don't want for them to fall into condemnation over a sin. Hmm. And that's any sin, mm-hmm. um, regardless of whether it's alcohol or. Yeah, and, and I, uh, in Chris and Megan's, uh, not defense, but I appreciate it that that came out real early in our friendship and, um. And they have. They, they've been very honest with other people about it. And I, I do appreciate that. Because some and, people don't get it. Right. And that you know, seems like but, exactly what this passage yeah, is yeah. talking about, too. Now, for me, and again, when we're, when we're talking about alcohol, for me, it's easy. Sure. Because I have no desire for it at all. You, I, I literally think you could put something in front of my face and say, I'll give you a million dollars if you drink this. I would not touch it. I have no desire for it. Don't, now, test me. All right. But you wouldn't take a million dollars to drink one, no, no, one I, beer? No, I would not. I wouldn't. No. I really wouldn't. And truthfully, yeah. knowing Kevin, and I think we both can say yeah. this, knowing Kevin, 
I don't. I can I confidently say he wouldn't. I wouldn't. It would violate Carol my might conscience. Be a no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would. It would violate my conscience. Yes. I'm almost certain I could confidently say if someone was going to give me a million dollars to drink a beer, I would drink the well, beer. Well, you're a sinner, and, <laughs> and you love money, so it's the root of all evil, so we, we know about you, man. He can't even <laughs> joke about a lie for more than five seconds oh, without no. killing him. Yeah. He's like, I've got to tell you. I just have a guilty <laughs> conscience. He qualifies every single joke he makes. He makes some hilarious jokes and then immediately says, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> here, here's we why. We know, Kevin. Well, here's we why. Know. Y'all know. But right, not everybody exactly. else. There are things that I could say on social media that would be <laughs> hilarious. But you say them to us, too, when yeah. it's just us in the room. You're like, I wouldn't do that. You know that, right? Well, I, I had a guy. It's a, another pastor here in New Mexico. He said something kind of, in, in, a, in a funny way, he said something kind of political a few weeks ago. And I had a great response to it, mm-hmm. playing off his joke. And, and we, we could have kept it going. But I was like, you know what? It has to end. Not everybody gets it. So I instead of replying to his post, I sent him a private message with my response and then I had to qualify it saying, Hey, I didn't put this on your wall because I didn't want to start like a a, a war in the Baptist Convention of New Mexico. But you know, that's also that's also know. the same kind of thing of being yeah. responsible and knowing yeah. the people that exactly. could be watching. Knowing and people, people on Facebook <laughs> do not pick up on sarcasm or so yeah, I gotta be super careful. But to answer the question, kind of to go back, yeah. if I'm in that vegan community as a as a missionary, mm-hmm. I don't sneak to the store and buy. It. Right. So I I would abstain totally you when can, I was there. You conform to the yeah. to the area that you're yeah. in. I understand that, and I think that's I think that's right. And I think having relationships with the people who you are, specifically the people who you are around for the majority majority mm-hmm. of your time, knowing them, understanding them knowing their convictions and having a rapport with them. I mean, we went on Christmas vacation with another family from our church and their Griswolds. daughters. What you say? Griswolds. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> at one point we had had a drink with our dinner and their oldest daughter said, oh, I can't believe you're drinking. You're looked at her mom and said, your mom raised you. So you would never have a drink. <laughs> Um, to which then opened up conversation for us to be able to say, we're not walking around stumbling, we're not slurring our words, we're not acting a fool, we're not being drunkards. There's, well, <laughs> act a fool. Act a, don't be acting a fool. I don't need outside substances to act a fool. There was, that's why Kevin can't drink, because he struggles with yeah. acting a fool yeah, regularly. You know, in, in all sincerity, it's, it's serious. I mean, again, I've... I've never even had a sip of alcohol in my life. I feel like I have a, would have a proclivity for being addicted to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that plays into it, too. That before, yeah. I feel like it is possible that I would be addicted to it. Right. So that's part of it. Um, so I'm thankful to the Lord that I have zero desire for it. Right. I mean, I do not care a thing about it. Uh, anyway, sorry. Right. And knowing your audience and then knowing yourself. Are yeah, you yeah. an addictive person? Do are you we, have a tendency to be addicted to things? Are we going to th- ask the question at some point in this podcast, when are you drunk? That's exactly what the oh, last question is. Oh, here we go. So the, fi- the final argument against drinking is a good one. 
Whether whether or not it's a sin, drinking is clearly dangerous. Uh, Ephesians five eighteen says, "And do not get drunk with wine, for it is, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit." Proverbs twenty one says, "Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise." First Corinthians six ten. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I could keep this list going for a long time. There are dozens and dozens of verses and proverbs about the need to be wise when drinking and to not get drunk. So when we get to this point in the debate, the very smart question is asked, who defines where the line for drunk is? After all, we're not talking about the legal limit because that's not what the Bible is talking about. This is... uh, inebriated of some manner so after all even one drink is enough to inebriate someone at least a little bit um so at what point do we cross the line from okay drinking to sinful drinking uh it's a good question it's a tough question what do you think i've been waiting on this one (laughs) kevin's smiling all day (laughs) all right you want to go first megan no, because I it's this is a hard one for me. All right, well so let me go first. I'm gonna say something, and then you're gonna sway then you, my opinion. And you disagree with it. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, all right. All right. So, <laughs> when do you become drunk? And you already said it. It's not the blood alcohol level right. in the state of New Mexico or Texas or wherever you live says right. So, in Ephesians chapter five, don't be drunk with wine, where it is excess. Okay, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. If you read that in all of its context. The main thrust of that is not just don't be drunk, it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And earlier in chapter 4, it gives a whole list of things. Okay? So the goal is for us to be filled with the Spirit. When are we not filled with the Spirit as Christians and when we're controlled by something else? Is it possible for somebody to be controlled by alcohol before they've even taken a sip that day? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. If they're at work and they hate their job, they're in their cubicle, all right? And they're like, I can't wait till I go home. My whole goal in the evening is mm-hmm. to sit on the couch and drink. Absolutely. Are they already being controlled by that? Mm-hmm. So as, if they're a believer, are they filled with the Spirit right then, or are they controlled by something else? That's a good point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the sense. line for when are you drunk... Now, we know drunk, you know, you're, you're falling down or, or, or you're just not thinking straight or whatever. But the issue in the Bible, I think, is control. Right. And I know a lot of people that don't, you know, fall into the ditch or they can't stand up. But I, in my opinion, they're already controlled by it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that... It, well, Biblically, go, go ahead. Go going ahead. off that, yeah. uh, there's a this passage I have here from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 23, 29 through 35. And it says, Who has woe, who has sorrow, who has strife, who mm-hmm. has complaining, who has wounds without cause, who has mm-hmm. redness of eyes, those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. Mm -hmm. Mm. So to me, that's exactly what it is. It's someone whose life is actually partially revolving around alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. this is, I think this is the perfect description of a yeah. drunk, a drunkard, uh, one who lives by the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, can't wait for it. If That's we, all yeah, I can if think we about. get if we get to the point where we rely on it as a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. I think we're in one hundred percent dangerous territory yeah. at that point. Um, and I think that that happens more often than not. Yeah, uh, Christian or not. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think it does. It goes. It goes to that thing. Well, I'm not physically drunk. Yeah, but are you? But still, are mm-hmm. you controlled by mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and I, I think more people, if they were honest with themselves, would have to admit that they are controlled by it, mm-hmm. whether they're again showing physical signs of it or not. Um, I had a really awesome point about something else on this, along the same lines, and I, I just went blank on it. So I'll jump in. Here in a few minutes, I'll interrupt one of you, and it'll be fantastic. Do you want to chime in on this one there, Megan? Um, No, because that was really enlightening to me. That was really good. I I will say, that was really good. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, here's what it was. Thank you. You jumped in just long enough that I remember. (laughs) All right, so, all right, think about other sins in the Bible, okay, other than drunkenness. So you have, um, let's just say sexual immorality, Okay. Mm -hmm. okay? Heterosexual, homosexual, there, there's a bunch of sexual immorality that, mm-hmm. that's mentioned in the Bible. How many times can we say sexual? Well, I'm, d- I'm done because now I'm already, already, oh, I'm already <laughs> uncomfortable. But then here's this. Uh, so we know that this is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sex outside marriage. So does the Bible then condone or teach that let's get as close to that point as possible? Mm. No. We know it, it. Corinthians says, "Flee sexual immorality." Right. So we're too quick to say, "Well, I'm drinking, but I'm not getting drunk." I'm going to get right up into this. Right up to the line. Right up to this point, and then, <laughs> but I'm okay here as long as I don't cross here. Mm-hmm. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, so again, I realize my background, my upbringing, all of that really influences my stance on it, big time. But I went to high school and went in college even with people that had the same upbringing and background I, I did, and they no longer have the same opinion that I do. <laughs> so it's not just that. Okay, this, and, and, and Matt and Megan both know this because they know me personally. This is a deep mm-hmm. conviction on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that it, it's, again, the Bible doesn't say, hey, don't drink alcohol at all, it's a sin. It doesn't say that verbatim. But what you just read in Proverbs, I know you're about when you said Proverbs and you start reading, I could have quoted almost that whole thing to right. you. I mean, I, the, the concepts anyway. So, where does it become a positive thing, drinking alcohol? Now, in the New Testament, he uh, is it Paul that tells Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake or something mm-hmm. like that? That's the only thing I can remember. Um, of course, now you can go, you know, Go to Walgreens to get some Pepto Bismol for your stomach, say, you know, <laughs> things like that. But, but that's the question I ask, and I, I I don't ask people that I know. I've never actually done this, so this is hypothetical. You know, actually, I take it back. I have asked people this before. When they talk about drinking, they disagree with me. That's fine. You can disagree with me. Okay, I can handle it. Okay, I think we've had a mature discussion in here yeah. today. Okay, and I appreciate that. But my question is, why? What's the end goal? And I've never really heard a great re- response. And I'm not looking for I'm not looking for you guys to give me one either. But it's just like, okay, tell me why you drink. 
back row podcast listeners, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow up my Facebook. All right. But that's always a good question. Yeah. Why? What's the reason? What's the logic? That's a good question for pretty much anything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It goes, it goes <laughs> yeah. to everything. Yeah, yeah. I know we're we're pigeonholing one subject right. here, mm-hmm. but yeah. it go, that goes. Tell me why you're doing it. I think if people ask themselves that about a lot of things, they're like, "Well, that's a that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that?" Mm-hmm. Or churches could even ask, "Why are we doing this?" You know. Yeah. So. And for me, there really is no end goal. You said, "Tell me what is your end yeah. goal." There is no. Yeah. What's the purpose? There is no end goal, okay. but it's the same as <laughs> I mean, do you drinking drink? a Coke for me. Right, that's what I was about to ask. Is it like drinking soda right. or whatever? You right. just like the flavor or whatever. Right. Because okay. you do have, you do, like we talked about this, you do drink a lot of like artisanal, crafted, right. I don't go autumn a drinks, pumpkin spice uh, right. <laughs> beverages. Truly. You know, alcoholic beverages. Truly. Um, <laughs> it, for me, it is not. Hipster beer. Let's put it that hipster way. Hipster beard. Okay. Calvin hipsters. What is Did that? you no. just call me a Calvinist? No. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that worse than a hipster? <laughs> For me, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd rather be a... Never mind. Anyway, I'm remembering. We're going to stop. Sorry, I'm remembering there was an episode of <clears throat> the very short-lived Muppets like primetime TV show a year and a half ago or oh, something. Oh, I never watched it, but I remember. Where they were... Yeah. They did a little more adult-oriented stuff, and Kermit was drinking a uh, pumpkin spice beer at the bar, and he sat it down and said, I hate this. It's like I'm drinking a pie. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I think when I see when you the see, stuff that you drink. Yeah, sometimes. when you see the things that I drink, <laughs> she's drinking a pie. <laughs> the caloric intake is probably just as much as a piece of pie. Probably. Sadly. Oh, yeah. Sadly. Yeah. So, I think we've come to the conclusion, alcohol in and of itself is not unclean, but, but it comes down to personal responsibility, personal conviction, um, and of course, there's always going to be people that abuse it. There's nothing that we can do to stop yeah. people from abusing right. alcohol. Prohibition proved that. Um, so, when we ask the overarching question again, is drinking a sin, I guess it really can't just be defined as a simple yes or no. It's got to be evaluated on a person-to-person basis. Um, comes down to motives and responsibility. And it's a dangerous game to play. I mean, there are plenty of solid reasons, like Kevin said, why we tend to view alcohol in a negative light. Uh, You need to be mature about the situation, but if your motives are pure and you don't feel convicted to avoid it and you drink responsibly, you likely have nothing to worry about. But all this being said, I should again make it perfectly clear that drinking is like walking a tightrope. If you get too cocky or careless, you are likely to fall hard. Even if you've never had a problem with alcohol in the past, you should always be prayerfully vigilant in making sure it doesn't become a bad habit or a coping mechanism. And the easiest way to do that is just to avoid it completely. Um, If you feel like you might have a problem with alcohol, we do encourage you to find a Celebrate Recovery program in your area. You can do that at CelebrateRecovery.com and find the CR Group Finder. Uh, any last thoughts on the subject you two want to share? Bill Megan. Well, well, I know Kevin wasn't completely thrilled about this subject. And to be no, honest... I'm thrilled about it. Uh, <laughs> you just ruined okay. her whole thing. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, I really wasn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so in the conversation between the three of us, Kevin made it clear that he wasn't really thrilled about partaking in this conversation. <laughs> I can verify this. <laughs> yeah. um, and for different reasons, I wasn't terribly thrilled about 
this conversation. <laughs> um, but mainly because I don't ever want for people to come back and say, well, that Megan Oaks on the podcast there <laughs> said that she drinks, and because she drinks, I can drink. I, I really want to encourage everyone to, to search their heart, search their word, um, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in that conviction, whether right or wrong. Listen to both arguments. Listen to Kevin because he's a lot wiser than I am. Oh, say that. <laughs> yeah. He's the pastor. I am not. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, pastor doesn't inherently mean wise. Uh, that's for um, sure. But, you well, know, it should. Yeah, well, hopefully. Hopefully. You know, yeah, I wasn't, let's see, I wouldn't use the word thrilled. I just didn't know how controversial Matt wanted to get on a podcast. <laughs> and I realize the things that I have said today uh, will be refuted by people and their opinions will be different. And and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want them to know that, that I'm not trying to condemn people that, that do. Um, don't try to convince me to join in because it ain't going to happen. Okay? <laughs> I think Matt and Megan will testify if you try to... Coerce me into something. I try to sneak in beer all the time. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday morning, he asks for coffee. I bring him a cup of beer. Yeah. He it's throws just, it down. It's just, it's just not happening. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that do. You know, like Megan said, do search your heart on this. And, and let me encourage you: if you don't have a real good reason why, mm-hmm. then. Then why? Then why? Yeah, then why? I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, don't. Yeah, stop. Yeah, just quit it. Do why? It. You know, it's like when my kids, something hurts, and they say, it hurts when I do this. So my response is always, well, quit doing that. Don't do that. And it won't hurt. All right? So you never know uh, what the outcome will be. And, I, and you know, this is just me. And, and you know, again, feel free to disagree. But uh, I encourage you to abstain personally. I think if anything, we've accomplished that. Sorry, Matt. No, we've accomplished that. We can have really mature relationships and um, good, strong friendships with people yeah. that you disagree with. Yeah, we don't with have to on, snipe at each other. Right. Yeah. And we don't have to agree on everything for me to consider yeah. uh, you close friends. Yeah. That's, that might be a really good outcome of the, <laughs> no, in, all, in, in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, we weren't right. yelling or sniping at each other, even though we disagreed, and that's fine. <laughs> We don't disagree too, too much. It's very similar ideas. I don't know about all that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And before we wrap up, uh, we have a sad announcement to make. Kevin Uh Wellborn Uh and his wife, Kara, are moving back to Texas. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Texas, which, uh, if you watch The Big Bang Theory, which uh, I don't recommend, but Sheldon Cooper recently called Texas the Lone Star State. And that should be its Yelp rating. <laughs> <laughs> truth. Hashtag truth. Hashtag down with Texas. Hashtag, I, thought, I don't know. I thought you were going to stop with Sheldon Cooper called it the Lone Star State. And I was like, everybody, calls, everybody it. calls it the Lone Star State. That is the nickname. Now, Sheldon Cooper, uh, I've watched the show a little bit years ago. You know, he says he's from East Texas and all of that, yeah. and he really stereotypes people from East Texas, right. which is where I'm from. And uh, you know what? Some of them are true, I guess. Yeah, but, it's stereotyped pretty well. But it's, it's a it's a really good place to live, regardless of what Megan just said. <laughs> and I, but Kevin, uh, Kevin is leaving, and he was supposed to have a prepared farewell, farewell yeah. statement. But I didn't want to change anything. I wanted to disappoint people. <laughs> 
everybody out. So I didn't prepare a statement. You're such a disappointment. Yeah, I know it. I had, I had all these thoughts a few days ago that I could write down and prepare the statement, but I didn't. So I'll just leave you with something that I learned uh, the other day. Okay. This is not related to the Back Row podcast. It's not sure? related because it's good stuff. We need to, to increase our listeners' knowledge base. And so I was reading about Mount Everest. All right. Don't tell me not to hit the table. Don't man. hit the table. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> I was reading about Mount Everest. And because uh, one of the things that I don't really want to do, but I think it would be cool to do, is climb Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Okay. There's just, ain't nobody got time for Never that and all that. Well, that's true. If I do, somebody made me, all right? But <laughs> there are, on Mount Everest, up to an elevation of 22,000 feet, jumping spiders. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> so, what they they jump so they can snag things out of the air to eat. Oh. Himalayan jumping spiders. So, if you ever, I hope somebody out there, is listening to this, and they are preparing to climb Mount Everest right now, and then they heard this tidbit, and I just saved them from possibly <laughs> witnessing jumping spiders on Everest. How terrifying could that be? Oh, gosh. How would that be? Yeah, that's frightening. Matt was going. Now Matt's like, yep, you know I'm what? Like, no. no, I was going to start. Yeah. Are Training you equating your move to, to Weatherford as... Jumping spiders? <laughs> I took out of it. I, oh. and, and you don't have to leave. I mean, if you guys want to retract your statement and just stay here in Clovis, we'd be okay with that. Well, you know, and, and, and I heard there's chupacabras over there. Yeah. Oh, there are, there. man. There are chupacabras. I've dealt with and them my whole life. So. Yeah. They carry leprosy, which they yeah. really do. Killer um, tumbleweeds. No, that's no, here. That's man. here. <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first The first time I ever nearly got murdered by a tumbleweed. <laughs> was when we moved out here, and we were in Farwell, and it was one at least as big as Caro's uh, SUV. Yeah. Do, do you well, know it's like that... playing Mario Kart. you got to dodge it the is. mushrooms. It you got to well, dodge the tumbleweeds. Do you know that there's a large portion of America... That does not believe tumbleweeds are real. No, that believes tumbleweeds are alive. Oh. That they are living, like, what? arachnid creatures. Really? Yeah. No, that would be um. scarier than jumping spider. <laughs> And there's also, if you ever, if you live in New Mexico area, or Texas, or wherever they have tumbleweeds, Listen, if you want to make some money, go pick up some tumbleweeds, make sell them on eBay. People buy them well, for their on, home. Stop buying tumbleweeds. <laughs> People make snowmen out of tumbleweeds. Yeah, they do. You know what? Here's another tumbleweed fact, which I can't believe I They are not. We get here? They are not native to the United States. They are native to Russia. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The plant itself is not native here. Oh. Somehow the seeds, I don't, I don't know if they blew in the wind across the Bering Strait. It came out of Hershey's shoe. You know those stupid little things that hurt those worse than heads, Legos when you step stickers? on them? Yeah. yeah. That's so, where they came from. So the, our battle and our rivalry with Russia started <laughs> with their integration of tumbleweeds into the American Southwest. <laughs> Thanks. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> All right, now, was earlier than him. Now because Peter the Czar. <coughs> right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because Kevin is moving, uh, we've already discussed this. If he won today, he will be forfeiting the title. What? That he successfully defended. 
meaning he gets to retire the podcast as champion. Very cool. Man. Which, Way to go. That's never so happened I, before. Oh, just, well, that's right. <laughs> just Are you saying that y'all can't ever put me on a podcast on No, Ke- Kevin Ke- well, on the phone is not going to no, happen. No, it's not going to work. Kevin and Kara will be coming back to visit from time to time, so hopefully so we'll be able to, to sneak them onto a podcast in the yeah. future. Yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for our 50th podcast. And that's going to do it for the Back Row Rewind as well. Thank you for listening today, and we'll be back with another one next Thursday. We have got a uh, classic church nerds tomorrow morning, and Matt and Mo will be back with new episodes of The Morning Show next Monday, so be here for that. Check us out on our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, and join in. You can be a part of the show and help us plan new shows. There's a lot going on over there, and it's just starting out, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. Again, backrowdiscord.com. Hey, follow us on the socials at the LTN. We've even got a, a TikTok now. Oh, gosh. What's the world coming to? We used to... Oh, no. This is a mistake, isn't it? Hey, Jesus loves you, nerd. Joining us for Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. For more of Matt and Mo's antics, tune in every Monday through Wednesday for the Back Row Morning Show at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m.